From Gimlet Media, this is The Nod. I'm Eric Eddings. And I'm Brittany Luce. A couple months ago, I went out to Watts. It's a neighborhood in L.A. Before this visit, I didn't really know that much about the place. I'd heard about what happened there in 1965 when racial tensions erupted into the Watts riots, or Watts Rebellion, depending on who you ask. But that's not why I was there. I went out to see this guy. I'm coming for a 50 and 0. We're going to have a chicken, a steak, and a shrimp, and don't forget the barbecue chicken, too. Tacos and quesadillas. He goes by the name of Chef Ocho, and he runs a taco truck in the neighborhood called All Flavor, No Grease. Brittany, nice to meet you. Okay, your, well, your hoodie got the varsity letters on it. It says AFNG, All Flavor, No Grease. No, All Faith in God. Then it's All Flavor, No Grease. All Faith in God. Yeah. There you go. Look Easy. at that. Okay, so meeting Ocho, it kind of almost felt like meeting, like, a really cool, famous person. Like, not that he was acting some type of way, but, like, just, it's more about, like, the way that his employees and his customers acted around him. Yes, sir. Like, I felt like I was on his block. At All Flavor No Grease, Ocho sells what some people call black tacos. Okay, yeah, I know. So, like, what is a black taco? To me, it seems kind of like a food bloggery term used to describe a Tex-Mex-adjacent type of taco that's being sold by a few really popular black cooks in L.A. And Ocho happens to be one of them. He describes his tacos as something similar to the tacos that I had growing up. Big flour tortilla, meat, cheese, sour cream, lettuce, tomato, maybe a little ketchup and hot sauce somewhere in there. Kind of like a souped-up version of a taco that you'd get from a kit at the grocery store. Ocho is selling these black tacos in Watts, which is a residential neighborhood. Like, basically, he's selling them on the sidewalk. And I would wager that very few people set up a taco truck on their front lawn. And likely not in a neighborhood like Watts, which has seen more than its share of gang activity and violence. I had initially come to visit Ocho to figure out, like, what is behind this whole black taco thing? Like, what is it about? And on its face, what a black taco is made of is simple. But I realized that the complexity of black tacos has a lot less to do with their taste and a lot more to do with the person cooking them. Ocho was born Keith Samuel Garrett in 1986, and he grew up near where he sells tacos today. When he was a kid, his family called him Sam or Sam Bam, but around the neighborhood, he had a different name. My name was Juicy at school. It actually came from this TV show, a little cartoon TV show called The PJs. I was a fat kid with an afro walking around. You feel me? So it was this one lady named Toya. She's like, your name, your name, Juicy. She like, you look just like him. But Keith hated that nickname. It was basically like being called fat over and over again. That really, like, took away all of my self-esteem then, like, all the way. The unwanted nickname was just one issue he had to contend with. He was also bullied relentlessly because his family didn't have a lot and because of his size. He often felt like there was no way out of it. Every joke is a fat joke. Every word is a joke. Feel me? When when your appearance not up, when your hygiene not up. I was used to coming outside and guaranteed hearing a slandering joke, like as far as my appearance or my weight. Now, when Trey used to come through, it never was that, ever. 
Trey, or Travion, was one of Ocho's true friends. And with Trey, things were different. No slander, no jokes, none of that. It's like, it was all happy and good. Travion's kindness offered a bit of relief, but he was just one of a lot of kids in the neighborhood. And after elementary school, Travion moved to Compton. Compton's only about a 10-minute drive away, but to two sixth graders, it might as well have been half a world away. Ocho and Travion lost touch, and the teasing continued. I never really could push back from nothing because it's like I was so big and just stood out so much. And then it's like, only thing I knew to do was be nice, like be cool. So like, you have to push me to the limit to fight. You feel me? And it's like, you could say all what you want and I'm just go put my head down or walk away. So he didn't have much in the way of friends, but he did have a hidden talent. He was really good at selling stuff. Keith discovered that he had a knack for sales back when he started moving breakfast sandwiches in the sixth grade. And these were not your everyday Jimmy Dean frozen joints that you put in the microwave. It was regular wheat bread, you know, toasted jelly, eggs. Then you got two, so you got the the regular sausage, the round sausage. But then you also have the padded sausage as well. Like, pat down, boom. So that was the sandwich. Now, if it tasted good to me, I know it would taste great to everyone else. So when when I would go in the mornings, you know, instead of just going to go buy one, I'll go buy like four of them. You feel me? And then when I go buy them for $2 or $2.50, I just come back and sell them for five bucks. That's cool. Because it's not even about the price no more. It's about the convenience. It's like, boom, you fresh right before class. This nigga got this stuff. Just smell it right out of his pocket. Smell it, bomb. I'm starving. (laughs) They probably gonna just smoke some weed before class. They give it here. How much? Five. And they want it. His sandwiches were a hit, but selling them was kind of like an aha moment for Keith. His business kind of mitigated the constant teasing he had grown to live with. By offering people a service, they were nicer to him. Eventually, he moved on from selling breakfast sandwiches to selling candy, and he was selling everything. Snickers, Reese's, Twigs, Kit Kats, Razzmatazz, the Tutti Fruities, the little Tootsie Rolls, the uh, gummy bears and gummy worms with the Kool-Aid on top. You feel me? Call that crack for kids. It was going. Had the ice cream mini-maids going. Had the Capri Suns going. I, I was a convenience store. And his fledgling career didn't just offer him a little cash flow. Keith says he found joy in talking with people while selling candy. He'd go through the school and people would yell, Juicy, check it out! What up? Nothing, what you got going on? Where you at, man? Right here, man. What's up, man? We right here under the lunch tables, man. We gonna be here for two more minutes and we out of here, man. I don't know nothing, man. What's going on? Nothing, man. You stupid fool. Let me get too sick. All right, all right. All right, I'll see you in a minute before I see you at lunch. But when that's the only type of interaction that you're having with people all day, every day, you look forward to that. The candy saved me. I'm not gonna even front. Selling candy became the way that Keith interacted with his fellow high schoolers. But he didn't think it was a way to make a living. So he dropped out of school and started selling weed. And that worked out for a few years, but he didn't see a future in it outside of prison. So he went back to selling candy. This time, he was selling out of his parents' house. And he did pretty well. Soon after he started the candy house, Keith added real food, like nachos and chili dogs, to the menu, which provided hot meals for families in the neighborhood. But one day... One of his friends suggested an addition to the menu. So I'm down the street chilling with some buddies about three months down the line, and one of them make a joke. Got the blue ass. Sam Bam, you down there selling candy. You might as well start selling tacos. And they laughed about it. I'm like, man, shut up. 
He was like, no, nah, for real. He like, you a kill him, bro. He like, you a selling little ones like the Mexicans, two for a dollar. You said a big ones like your mama for y'all laughing. I'm serious, it's a heart attack. And you would sell a big ones for a dollar. He said, bro, you a kill him. I'm like, man, fuck you. You just trying to talk about me because I'm fat. You hear me? So he like, nah, bro, I'm being dead serious right now. But they're laughing the whole time. Uh -huh. He said, you sell them like your mom make them. Lettuce, tomatoes, cheese, sour cream, a little hot sauce. His friends had a good laugh. And at first, Keith took this as just another fat joke at his expense. But it also got him thinking. Tacos were fast. They're cheap. They're easy to make. Tacos were also one of his favorite meals growing up and one of the first things he learned how to cook by himself. He was selling hot food anyway, so why not sell tacos? I said, all right, y'all want to keep being funny? I'm going to go capitalize on that. That Tuesday, I tried it. I sold out in like two hours. Like, how the fuck I'm just all of a sudden selling tacos and they sell out in two hours? You feel me? I'm my mama kitchen, though. You don't hear me. And just like that, a taco house was born where a candy house once stood. And it seemed like everybody in Watts was eating these tacos. In hindsight, he kind of had the perfect customer base. Watts is a food desert. The closest grocery store to Keith's house is a 30-minute walk away. And Keith was basically offering a home-cooked meal. So Taco Tuesday became really popular. And Keith realized he had a real business on his hands. He just needed some guidance. God inspired me to make an Instagram page. He said, I only promote three things. Promote me, promote food, and promote positivity. I'm like, all right. I go to church every Sunday. That won't be hard. I can promote God that way. I said, to promote the food, buy a nice phone. I'm like, okay, take good pictures, feel me, and really tag a lot of women. Women like food. I'm like, all right, but positivity, promoting positivity. I'm like, hmm, how will I do that? So you know what? I'm gonna think outside the box. I'm gonna reach out to celebrities, white people, Asians. Like, I'm really gonna just, I'm gonna go hard with this. He decided to call his business All Flavor, No Grease. And he definitely followed through with his God-inspired Instagram page. I was taking my personal page and pumping my new page and acting as if my new page was somebody else. Y'all need to follow my boy All Flavor, No Grease. He cold on the taco. So like I said, I'm pumping, I'm pumping the page, I'm pumping the page. And once I seen my full page exceed my personal page, I'm just, oh, that's obsolete. I'm no more Juicy J is the way, that's out. Feel me? I'm like, it's all flavor, no grease. I look at food stuff on Instagram like all of the time, but Ocho's posts like this one, his stuff, it's something else. Uh-huh. It's quesadilla time, uh-huh. I said it's quesadilla time. You say you hungry, you could pull up on the eight. You don't know what to eat, I said chicken, shrimp, or steak, uh-huh. It's quesadilla time, uh-huh. I mean, come on. With content like that, you are bound for success. So naturally, business was booming, and people were coming from all over to eat his food. All Flavor No Grease even brought an old friend out of the woodwork. Travion Mason. Keith's childhood friend who moved away to Compton was back and ready to pitch in. He let me know, like, damn, like, Sam, man, I've been cooking, fool. Like, my granny told me, like, he like, you just got to give me a chance. I got it. I'm like, you show? He like, I got it. I'm like, all right, boom. So I put him down, like, within two months. He's like, me and him, we rocking. Mm -hmm. Me and Trey, we rocking. Travion became Keith's right-hand man, something that Keith needed as the business continued to grow. 
One night in July 2015 was particularly busy. They had three parties to cater. They each took one in the afternoon, and Keith had a house party scheduled for that night. So boom, he did his party successful. I did my party successful. I tell them, like, excuse me, I'm like, bro, don't come. I'm like, don't come tonight. Like, y'all did y'all shit. I mean, you, you killed them earlier by yourself. I'm proud of y'all. Y'all did y'all first event by yourself, just two of y'all. I'm like, you're cool. Don't come. Man, you got us fucked up. We coming to help. We don't care who there, bro. We coming. And all right, fuck it. Bring me some cheese. Feel me like, okay, I was lacking cheese. Bring me some cheese. When Ocho got to that last party, something felt a little off. Before we even get the servant, I look like, damn, if they was to start shooting back here, where would I duck at? And I seen like about that much space to put my head, like if I was to lay my head face down on the ground, at least in a block a portion of my head. So I'm like, all right, but I ain't tripping. Ain't nothing gonna happen. So we right there, we set up, we serving. And it was right after the 4th of July. So you were hearing like little skyrockets and shit still. So then once you heard the syncopation, the shots go off, it's like everything goes so fast, but so slow. And before you knew it, I looked, when I opened my eyes after everything happened, I see my head was right where I said I would have my head. And then I turned like, cause I looked this way and I was only looking at brick. So I'm like, all right. So then I look this way, then I see one, two, three, four, five. Travion had been shot. I'm like, hell no. Nah. Like, my homie ain't dead right next to me. First thing I thought, like, how the fuck I'm gonna tell his daddy he dead as a donut from catering? He at work. That was one of the worst days of my life. Because I knew I was helping somebody and. Like, that nigga was doing that shit for his kids, like, that shit was weak. A death like Travion's wasn't unusual in the area where Keith grew up. Still, Keith was overwhelmed by the loss. But immediately after Travion died, Keith witnessed something that would help him move forward. He said Travion appeared to him in a vision. Yeah, I seen the biggest smile in the world come from that nigga. He was like... He like, Sam Bam, he like, I'm good. He like, Sam Bam, I'm good. I'm like, what? He like, Sam Bam, I'm good. He like, bro, you ain't seen nothing yet. I swear, I'm talking about vivid as I'm talking to y'all, I heard the voice, he like, bro. He like, don't worry about the homies. He said, don't worry about nothing. You keep doing what you doing. He said, he like, bro, what I just seen in store for you? He said, you good. That's all I kept hearing is, bro, you good. These days, Travion's message to Keith seems eerily prescient. All Flavor No Grease is a bona fide success. Keith now has two trucks, seven employees, and a huge Instagram following. Customers are lined up down the block. Hipstery food blogs write about him. Even Cali rappers like YG and Nipsey Hussle are huge fans. He even cooked for Steve Harvey. And he has fans all over the world, including south of the border courtesy of his friend, Victor. They had just crossed here from the border. I brought them straight over here. Wait, 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 what? What did they think of the tacos? They didn't have no tacos. They had quesadillas. They were like, what the fuck? Fire. <laughs> they were like, at first they were tripping out because they were like, hey, it's a black dude cooking. I'm like, yeah. They're like, he makes quesadillas. I'm like, yeah. He like, they were tripping out. They're like, what the fuck? 
when they had it they were like damn this is the best shit i've ever had they got straight on they got on whatsapp pop started sending pictures messages straight down there. <laughs> Yeah, letting them know down there, all over Mexico, letting them know. Down 108, fire-ass quesadillas. They know. <laughs> Trust me, they know. But possibly the most valuable thing that Keith's gotten out of his all-flavor, no-grease success is the opportunity to be his true self. Juicy J is the way is gone, and Keith has fully rebranded himself to a name that he was able to choose on his own. Chef Ocho for 108th Street, where it all got started. The name was a perfect fit for his business and his new mindset. Well, it's a whole different feel now that you feel when you wake up in the morning, you know that you got two food trucks to get started for the day. You know, you got a full staff to go. It's like you got better, like, thoughts in your mind now. There's this song that just came out not too long ago by this uh, a new rap artist named Greedo, 03 Greedo. And um, it's the, the my favorite song is... What makes you make you feel like the nigga? And it's like, I feel like that now. I feel great. I think it's because I help so many people now, A. B, I know I don't stink. You feel me? C, I know that my apparel is at an all-time high right now. But Keith, or Chef Ocho, he didn't just transform himself. He's a significant part of the changes that have taken place in Watts over the past few years. Now it's almost like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood around here. <laughs> so peaceful. I can't remember the last time I even heard a gunshot around here. It's like, yeah, you hear helicopters. Are you going to hear the police cars? You feel me? You go hear a car alarm. Like, shit, it is the hood. But as far as, like, when the last time you seen some yellow tape around here? Years. Last time you seen the little cones they set up from finding little bullet shells? Years. All Flavor No Grease has even helped broker a ceasefire between two rival gangs whose territory is separated by 108th Street. They wanted to come buy food. They recognized what it was. Like, they want to come patronize the homie. Okay, so y'all finna hate on my dollars? No, we ain't hate. All right then, shut up. Let them come get their food and let them go. Period. So, all right, boom, let's have a big old meeting there with them and them. I had to go cater a big old event, so I couldn't be a part. But we knew what the median was, and every time that came up, they knew what time it was. They're like, all right, we ain't got to be no buddy-buddy then. We ain't got to be homies. Ain't going to come through hanging out, none of that. But we will be able to come over here and get food and go back to our side. The neighborhood is doing well. All Flavor No Grease is doing well. And so is Ocho. And maybe that's where the magic of Black Tacos comes together for me. Ocho, his family, many of his neighbors, his classmates, and a lot of the folks buying his food are Black. The people he originally aimed to serve are Black. The woman who taught him to cook tacos in this manner is Black. And the community that he's helped to heal is largely Black, too. It's not just about his use of shredded cheddar and sour cream versus onion and cilantro. I see his food as more of a fubu type of thing. For us, by us. Chef Ocho is happy with that. And the fact that he gets to be himself, not Juicy, not Sam Bam, but Chef Ocho, while living his dream, well, that makes it all the better. We'll be right back.
Do you like the nod? Do you like your friends? Do you like the nod and your friends? Do you ever find yourself sitting with your friends thinking, why don't they know about the nod? Well, you're in luck because, woo, have we got a deal for you. Today is the inaugural first ever international tell a friend about the nod day. We are challenging you to tell one of your nearest and dearest about our humble show. Yes, that's right. We are empowering you to share the life-altering powers of the nod with your friends and loved ones. Now, you might be asking yourself, oh, wow, I'd love to participate, but how? Naturally, we have the answers. All you have to do is post a photo of yourself subscribing your friend to our show and post it on social media using the hashtag NodGoals. Get it? It's kind of like squad goals, but because it involves your friends and the Nod, it's NodGoals. It's just that simple. Snap a pic, post it to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook with the hashtag NodGoals and watch your friendship flourish. The Nod can change lives. And don't you want to change your friends' lives for the better? You might also be thinking, what? How can a podcast change lives? Well, your friend can expand their mind with celebrity conspiracy theories. They can spice up their love life with our resident sexpert, Glamazon Tayomi. They can better their outlook on life with my life coaching segment, Get Your Life. But don't take our word for it. Just listen to these testimonials from some of our dedicated listeners. These are actors, but they are reading real reviews. The Nod is the premium cultural vodka that complements the tech citrus of Reply All and the business syrup of startup in Gimlet's lineup. I could survive with just a shot of the Nod vodka each week. The Nod is the best thing out there. I feel like Brittany and Eric care about my well-being. The Nod is for all of us. I love tuning into episodes about conspiracy theories, grape drink, and beyond. Brittany and Eric are so fun to listen to, and it's easy to feel like you're friends with them and you're all just hanging out together. Keep educating us and making us laugh, guys. Okay, so now you might be asking yourself, well, what do I get out of all this? Well, (laughs) we've got an answer for that, too. If you tell a friend about The Nod, we can promise you a fresh episode every single Monday. A newsletter in your inbox every Tuesday. Free bonus episodes. And the satisfaction of enriching a friend's life. So don't keep all the fun to yourself. Share the wealth. Tell a friend about The Nod. Don't delay. Post now to participate in Tell a Friend About The Nod Day. The Nod is not responsible for any dates you ruin by bringing up Sean Blazington's conspiracy theories, for helping you decide which neighborhood to gentrify next, or for your embarrassing laughter on public transportation. Listening to The Nod is not recommended for those currently employed by Sean Waynes. Sorry, no CODs or personnel checks accepted. The Nod is produced by me, Brittany Luce, with Eric Eddings, Kay Parkinson Morgan, and Emmanuel Berry, with production assistance from Wallace Mack. Our senior producer is Sara Abdurrahman. We are edited by Annie Rose Strasser. Fact checking by Max Gibson. Engineering from Cedric Wilson. Our theme music is by Khalid B. Additional music in the show by Cedric Wilson, Talkstar, Nana Kobena, Brownhouse Media, and Khalid B. Ha, 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 ha.
Yeah, that's what our little local underground uh, rappers right there, Mr. Pimp Pimp P. You coming over here for some food, man? Yes. That mean we bobbing bitches for the quesadillas. ASAP, we in the future bobbing bitches for the quesadillas. It's not regular. You see the 88s? That mean we in the past, in the future, bopping bitches for the quesadillas. It's not regular. It's a regular examination. Hey. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and listeners, have we got something exciting to share with you. Have you ever been listening to a podcast and thought to yourself, hmm, I really wish I could see this story? Well, guess what? Now you can. We have collaborated with Spotify to bring you a very special spotlight feature of the Chef Ocho story you heard at the top of the show. In it, you can see a video of the block Ocho calls home, those beautiful tacos and quesadillas, and footage of me interviewing the man himself. It's really cool. And, okay, maybe I'm a little biased, but, but it's still really cool, and you guys should definitely, definitely see it. Go to the nod.show slash spotlight to check it out. That's the nod.show slash spotlight. 